When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ready? See if you can identify these five clips in the order that they are played. It could be from a song, a movie, a TV show, or something else. But if it's coming from this podcast, then you know that it's from Generation X. If our guest gets it wrong on the show, then I'll explain how you can enter to win a fabulous prize package. Listen closely. Good luck. And all you can say... Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Xavier Host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for ultimate slacker prizes, and in the process, do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy that you've chosen to join us. I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. I am very excited to welcome two first-time guests to the show as we share our memories of life growing up during Generation X. There's something here for everyone, I hope. But if you like reminiscing about Beverly Hills 90210, Thundercats, Saved by the Bell, as well as 90s hip-hop, then this episode is one you might especially like. Especially like. We're going to save the pop culture nostalgia of Generation X from being forgotten today with this husband and wife matchup. Let's give a very quick hello to each of them now. Let's first welcome to the show, Mary Beth. Hi, Mary Beth. Hi. Well, I'm glad to be on your show. I grew up in Indiana and now live in Florida ever since we've been married. And I'm going to beat Ricky because I'm the best at trivia. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Speaking of Ricky, let's meet him now. Let's welcome to the show, Ricky, Mary Beth's husband. Hi, Ricky. Hey, Ricky. How you doing? I found this show through my wife. She threw down the challenge. She thought it was going to be easy, but I don't think it is. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It seems like the person who is least confident in the show ends up winning. You guys sound both confident, so I couldn't tell going into this who's going to win. But we'll find that all together. But before we start, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds of trivia and games. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game will win a chance at today's Rad Slacker Prize. The power. Struggle. In the opening of this episode, you heard five quick clips from Generation X. The game is called The Power Struggle, and in this game, you need to name those five clips in the order that they were played. At any time during the episode, contestants can interrupt the game and declare that they want to solve the power struggle question. They only get one chance to answer it correctly, and if they are correct, then they instantly steal the power away from their opponent. However, if the guest gets it wrong here in the show, then we're going to open it up to all of you listening to the episode to contact the show to see if you can get it correct. All correct entries contact the show via our newsletter will be entered into a quarterly drawing to win a prize package from the podcast. So stick around to find out if our guests can get the power struggle question correct or not. 
Then I'll explain how you can send in your entry to try and win it. So listen closely and see if you can win the power struggle. We're going to jump right in now and get the games rolling. Round one. Hey guys, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have the first game of the show. It's a game we call the Facts of Life. The time is right to learn the Facts of Life. In this game, we take facts from a topic and players take turns to identify them on the list. An incorrect answer will get you a strike. and The player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of round one will be awarded the power, the power, which allows the player who has it to make all the choices first in the game and wins all ties for as long as they control the power. An essential subdrama of the iconic 80s movies that we all know and love is the angsty teen romance film. You know, the one that features romantic entanglements, big epiphanies that about what you want to do with your life, and the good ones have at least one montage. But the 80s romantic teen films was also an opportunity to explore issues that were relatable for the times, like suicide, poverty, sexuality, and, and generally not feeling appreciated by adults or the opposite sex which is relatable at any age, but these movies made some teens really feel seen, so they hold a special place in the hearts of us Gen Xers. Whether we like to admit it or not, many of us like a bit of romance to spice up our daily lives. You may like the unrealistic aspect of the romance on the screen, or you may like to use it as a tool to escape your reality. Whatever the case may be, what better way to wind down after an exhausting day than to watch an over-the-top, sappy, romantic movie from the 80s? This episode's Facts of Life lists is a head-to-head challenge about characters featured in teen romance movies. The list rules are that these are all character names from 80s movies that were principals in a love story of some sort. They might be characters from movies where the romance is the main plot or just the subplot of the movie. Some of the names here lived happily ever after with their love interests. Others did not, but all of them have a role to play in the relationship as a significant part of the movie. I'll give you the name of the character in the teen romance movie, and you must reply with the title of the movie that the character is featured in. Each name has a hint available if you ask for it. A correct answer is worth two points without the hint, but only one point if you ask for the hint. Your opponent will get a chance to answer if you get it wrong, so you'll need to use some strategy when asking for a hint here. We played a very short game of Duck Hunt backstage to see who goes first, and Ricky shot the most ducks while Mary Beth shot no ducks at all and instead spent their whole turn trying to shoot the dog laughing at her. We have 69 names on the list. To keep things fair, you give me a number between 1 and 69, and I will read you the name that corresponds with that number on the list. So, Ricky, you're going to get us started. Give me a number between 1 and 69. 22. Number 22. The name is Samantha Baker. So what movie featured a character by the name of Samantha Baker? Can I get a hint? Yes. Your hint is, don't forget her birthday. 16 Candles? 16 Candles is correct. That's why they call them crushes. If they were easy, they call them something else. Well I got it without the hint. <laughs> so, Ricky, that's one point for you. Going to you, Mary Beth, give me a number. One. Number one. The name is Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's correct. I love you. I love you, too. And you didn't even need the hints. Well done. All right. I didn't need any hints. For those of you listening, the hint was, if you need this hint, you lose all Gen X credentials. So that's two points for you, Mary Beth. Well done. Ricky, back to you. Fitting. Fitting. The credit given for this character was simply boy in police station. Hint. The hint is 
hooks up with Shauna after getting arrested for drugs. Ventures in babysitting? That is incorrect. I'm sorry. Mary Beth, can you steal this? Yes, it's Ferris Bueller's day off. Back to back, Ferris. You're correct. Well done. Drugs? Thank you. No, I'm straight. I meant, are you in here for drugs? Why are you here? Drugs. You are in the lead and you get this question. Give me the number. Let's go with five. Number five. The name is one word. Wesley. I need a hint. The hint is as you wish. Oh, Princess Bride. The Princess Bride, of course, is correct. Well done. Farm boy, fill these with water. As you wish. Shut up, Wesley. Ricky, back to you. What's your next number? 13. 13. You got some ground to make up? Let's see if you get it with this one. You guys are picking all the best numbers. The character's name is Boof. Boof. I just like to say it. I feel like you should know it. Boof. Can I get a hint? Yes. Thanks for asking. Boof means lots of things now, but in the 80s, it was just the name of the love interest of this teen who suffers from lycanthropy. My wife made me change what the hint was because it was very dirty. So if no one's laughing at this hint, then you have her to blame. (laughs) Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club is incorrect. Are you going to run up the score on your husband, Mary Beth? I I am. It's (laughs) Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf is correct. Boof came over for a little one-on-one. She's killing me. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Notch, notch, know what I mean? Say no more. I love any Michael J. Fox movie. I'm like a, I was like super fan. Yeah, I think we all were Michael J. Fox super fans in the 80s. I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't love Michael J. Fox. He's like one of right. those okay. universally loved people. Yeah. Robin, what's the score? The score is five to one. Mary Beth has five. Ricky has two strikes. Mary Beth has zero strikes. Okay. That so tracks. Ricky, you got two strikes. Here's your next name you got to get it or you're going to strike out and mary beth automatically wins the round give me a number two number two good choice the name is daniel larusso karate kid karate kid is correct the hint was likes to wax off for old man's pleasure (laughs) that was good that one snuck by my wife censoring (laughs) that one (laughs) okay you're still alive ricky well done mary beth back to you give me a number Three. Number three. The name is Ricky Smith. What do you got for Ricky Smith? You want a hint? I want a hint. Okay. The hint is didn't get the girl, but at least his mom blew up. Didn't get the girl, but at least his mom blew up. Weird science. I don't know. Weird science is incorrect. <clears throat> Ricky, complete the comeback. What do you got? Breakfast club. If you don't know and just say breakfast club, that, that's probably a smart strategy. But in this case, it didn't work out. Mm. Better off dead. Better off dead. Oh. Uh, Ricky, his mom blew up, if you recall. Gee, I'm real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. Doctor said she'll be okay. I guess she just won't be able to eat any spicy foods for a while. <laughs> okay, no damage there for you, Ricky. That's one strike for you, Mary Beth. Ricky, this one's for you. You're again in that situation. If you get it wrong, you strike out and lose the round. Give me a number. 69. 69, dudes. The name is Lloyd Dobler. Can I get a hint? Yeah, sure. He doesn't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed 
or repair anything sold, bought, or processed, but he can't figure it all out tonight. He really just wants to hang out with your daughter. Well, if you just answer the question. There are people screaming at their podcast players right now, Ricky. Yeah. I want you to know that. Feel their weight. Feel their scorn. Why don't you just answer the question? You got this. Okay. Okay, Ricky, I need an answer. Yes. Answer the question. At this point, you might as well just say anything. <laughs> Talk to us. Whatever you do, don't say Breakfast Club again. Come on, answer, answer the question. Go be it. It's only one question. Breakfast Club? <laughs> I'm sorry, that is incorrect. So that's your third strike, Ricky. I'm sorry, that means you lose the round. But Mary Beth, do you want to get the steal and run up the score? Yeah, of course. You knew it, right? Yeah, say anything. Say anything is correct, of course. Congratulations, Mary Beth. You have won round one, and that means you have the power. The power is yours. Ricky, you said in your survey you like the sappy, uh, you're a sucker for teen romance movies. That's why I put this together, just for you. He does like them. He just isn't good with names. Dude, she's got a superpower. (laughs) She didn't tell you. She remembers everything. She remembers being born. (laughs) Well, that would put you at a disadvantage. (laughs) Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X here on the show. And to that end, they are requesting to know from our contestants about their Gen X credentials. That is, apart from being born between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X and what might potentially disqualify you? From being Gen X. Welcome to the show, Mary Beth. Oh, uh, Mary Beth. Lori Beth. Oh, oh right. I, I remember. Right. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and please include your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. Let me see your identification. Okay. Well, I, I am Gen X because I was born in 1977. So yes, I'm on the younger end, but I'm still Gen X. I think my credentials, I used to write fan letters to Michael J. Fox. Like I got the address out of teen magazines and I'm like eight years old writing him letters because I loved him that much. And then there was like an episode of Family Ties where Skippy refers to his girlfriend's roommate as Mary Beth. And I knew it was because of my letters. There's a, there's a good Alex and there's a bad Alex. The good Alex said, leave her alone. She's Skippy's girl. What did the bad Alex say? Shut up, good Alex. Take her. She's yours. I love it. The disqualifier, the only thing I could think of, and I don't know that you can relate, Zay, but maybe Robin can, is all the little girls wore jelly shoes, and I never had a pair. Are you assuming that I didn't wear jelly shoes in, when I was I a little kid? I assume, but I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe you did. Uh, that's a good assumption. I did not. Okay. <laughs> that is a safe assumption. I barely wore shoes growing up. But that we, is I true. Went, yeah, I went barefoot. I was barefoot all the time when I was a kid. I still hate wearing I, shoes. I was too until I stepped on a nail and then I had to start wearing shoes. Yeah. Same here. I, I stepped really? on an old rusty nail and I got blood poisoning actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was at like a day away from getting my leg amputated from blood poisoning. And I spent oh, several days in the hospital. Yeah, I got it really bad. But, you know, to be honest, you know, it was a bit of a miracle because, you know, we all gathered around and I don't know how religious anyone is here listening, but we prayed. And the next day my leg was healed. I had no blood poisoning in my leg. I, I don't know how else to explain it other than saying it yeah. was a miracle. So A blessing, a blessing from the Lord. God be praised. Yeah, that that is my... That is my my story with the 
old wrist and nails. Yeah, so I could have stood to wear some jelly shoes when I was a kid. Probably yeah. would have saved me all that trauma. Right. Actually, the nail probably would have gone right through the jelly shoes. Who are we kidding? Uh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Mary Beth. Glad to be here. Also, let's welcome to the show Mary Beth's husband, Ricky. This is Ricky. Ricky, this is Monique, the French foreign exchange student who will be staying with us. Hey, Ricky. Hey, how's it going, guys? My qualifiers are I was a last key kid growing up. I drank from water hoses. I had a street light curfew. I had many, many nights of Nintendo binges where I played <laughs> Mario, Mortal Kombat, Double Dragon. That was a big one. What What, what was the second game you played? Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. You can't say that word without exclaiming it. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Judges, show, show them how it's done. Okay. All right. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. That's fine. My disqualifier, I, I wasn't a Star Wars fan growing up. I did not like them. Oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here. We're wasting our time. You didn't like them or weren't exposed started. to them? No, I like, didn't like it. You, you, so you watched them and you actively did not like Star Wars. Correct. Judges, we that's finally found them. We it. found the one. That's because, yep, that's because I didn't understand the story. Okay. Once I got older... And understood the story. I love it. So today you're a Star Wars fan. Correct. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. All right. How are you? Well, you know, sometimes it takes a while to, to come around on things. I'd say your list of Gen X credentials are like, if you had to pick a list of things that are Gen X commonalities that, that most of us have, I think you checked every box there. So that, but the Star Wars outlier, that, that, that's a, that's a new one for the show. Judges, do these contestants have the proper credentials to stay on the show? Well done. You guys can stay. Yay. Before we start round two, let's take another listen to the power struggle. And all you can say? Round two is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one pity point for a partial correct answer, if they can convince the judges for it. Players take turns answering the questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. The steal is worth one point, but more importantly, a steal also takes the power away from their opponent. The judges require that all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they might be. So if you say, I don't know on the show, you will lose a point and get slimed. Whoever has the most points at the end of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that you'll be playing for in the episode. So Robin, give us a scoring update and let us know who has the power. Mary Beth has six points. Ricky has three and Mary Beth has the power. That's right. So Mary Beth, you get the first crack at this. You get to choose between these two questions. Will it be Jellicles can and Jellicles do, which is a television question, or will it be new faces and dangerous places, which is also a television question? Okay, I guess Jellicles can and Jellicles do, or I, I, whatever you said. <laughs> I don't even I, know. It's just I, interesting. I barely know myself. There you go. <clears throat> don't worry. This question is not about Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Cats. This question is all about the better Gen X Cats, 
the Thundercats. Thunder, 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 Thundercats. Following a trend that started with Masters of the Universe, Thundercats was a Gen X cartoon that simultaneously launched action figures of the characters along with the cartoon. The story follows a group of cat-like humanoid aliens who must create a new home on Third Earth after their home planet of Thundera dies. Here's the question. Can you name five of the seven main characters from Thundercats? Uh, Lionel, Chitara, Panthro, Kit, and Cat. Judges? Are they one? Huh? Are they one? They're two different people. What are the names? Kit and Cat? No. Judges? Because oh. we're going to be merciful to Ricky, and he's wearing a Thundercats t-shirt. Oh. We're going to say that's not a complete correct answer, but you will get partial if Ricky cannot get it correct. Okay? So you're still you're still in there for a one point for a partial if Ricky cannot get it correct. Ricky, can you steal this? Do I just have to name two more? Uh, no, you have to name five of seven main characters. Okay. So you got Lionel. Or, hold on. Or you can flex and get all seven and dunk all over your wife. Lionel. with your shirt. Lion-O, Tigra, Panthra, Titara, and Snarf. Judges? That was much closer than your wife. So that is correct. We're going to give you the steal, and that means you have taken the power away from your wife. Mary Beth, I could have sworn you said Lionel in the first one, not Lion-O. I said Lion-O. Lionel. Lionel. It sounded like Lionel. We're going to say Lionel Richie was not one of the Thundercats. No, no uh, I know. I know. That's not what you said. I'm just teasing you. But where you tripped up is with Kit and Cat. It's Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a little bit too far off the path for that one. But yeah, we would have accepted Wiley Kit, Wiley Cat, Chitara, Tigra, Panthro, Lion-O, Jaga. And of course, we also would have accepted Snarf, which we did. Well done. Jaga was the uh, the ghost one, if you remember, like the, the elder Thundercat. Here's the fun fact. Following season one, production went ahead with a movie called Thundercats Ho. This movie was meant for the big screen, but following the flops of the GoBots and My Little Ponies movies gave producers cold feet, and it was aired on television instead. Later, it was broken up into the first five episodes of season two. So that's the fun fact. Okay, on to question number two. Oh, wait. The judges are handing me this note here. Um, what? No, I, I, I don't. I really don't want to say that because it's not funny. Yeah, I know, but okay, are you sure? Okay. The judges wanted me to add that when it comes to producers allowing Thundercats Ho to be on the big screen, they said, "Thundercats, no." <laughs> Right. That was a long walk for that joke, but we went with it. <laughs> so, Ricky, you have the power and you have this question. It's called New Faces and Dangerous Places. <laughs> Beverly Hills 90210 was a pioneer. Sorry. Should have picked that one. Beverly Hills 90210 was a pioneer in the world of teen soap operas and basically set the course for what is now the entire CW network. The show tells the story of twins, Brenda and Brandon, who just moved to Beverly Hills from out of state and face culture shock at the fast-paced, luxurious lives of their new schoolmates. 
The story follows this group of friends in high school, through college, and on to adulthood. Here's the question. What state did Brenda and Brandon live in before moving to Beverly Hills? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, Minnesota? B, Michigan? C, Illinois? D, New York? Or is it E, Minneapolis? My wife would punch me in the head if I get this wrong. I'm going to say Minnesota. Minnesota is correct. Well done. That's two more points for you. Oh, I'm so mad. I should have picked that one. Here's the fun fact. Beverly Hills 90210 faced widespread parental outrage in its first season when Brenda slept with Dylan, losing her virginity. It was in 1990, and this was not an unheard of plot point in a TV show, but it also was not the sex that angered the parents, but apparently the lack of remorse or negative consequences for the couple. In an effort to placate angry parents, the writers inserted a pregnancy scare plot point for Brenda in season two. This kept in line with the favorite activity of our parents, making sure their children were frightened about everything we do all the time. Thanks, parents. Opportunities like this don't come knocking every day. Just because someone knocks doesn't mean you have to open the door. I mean, you drilled that into me 10 years ago when you read me Snow White. So what's the score after the first questions, Robin? It's a tie game now. Uh, Ricky has the power, but both Mary Beth and Ricky have six points. Nice. Tie game. Ricky, you have the power. You get to pick between these two questions. Will it be Time Out, which is a television question? Or will it be Black Street Arithmetic, which is a hip-hop Do I Feel Lucky question? Yeah. The Do I Feel Lucky question is a new kind of category that we've added in recent episodes. You know, there are times in our lives when we lose track of things and all of this excitement. And that's when you got to stop and remember what Clint Eastwood taught us. You've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? This category means that this question about to be asked is either impossibly hard and eccentric or just super easy. Your destiny is in your own hands here, depending on how you feel punk so ricky are you going to pass the do i feel lucky question thinking it's going to be something weird nuanced and impossible question that the judges dreamed up like how many certified units of a single featuring dr dre did black street sell in denmark or are you going to hope it's something easy like what amount of diggity did dr dre sing about you're going to pass this one and go to timeout or let your wife answer this one i feel lucky punk you feel lucky, okay. Wow, I didn't think you were going to go for that one. It's strategy. She's good at music, so if I get this right... You're blocking her, I get it. The Do I Feel Lucky question this episode is, what amount of diggity did Dr. Dre sing about? No, None, no diggity. That is correct. <laughs> none diggity is actually correct. Well done. Here's the fun fact. Black Street sold 90,000 certified units of the single No Diggity in Denmark. Just in case anyone was wondering. So that's two more points for you, Ricky. Mary Beth, you got a little bit of ground to catch up now. After jumping out to a, an early quick lead, let's see if you can do it with this question that's called Time Out. Saved by the Bell was primarily a sitcom filled with lighthearted and comedic content, but that didn't mean it was shy about doing the occasional very special episode. They covered topics ranging from women's rights to environmental issues to, yes, we're talking about that episode, drug use. Here's the question. What was the song that Jesse was practicing when she had her famous caffeine pill breakdown? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, Maniac by Peter Simbello? B, I'm So Excited by the Pointer Sisters? C, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham? 
D, Physical by Olivia Newton-John, or is it E, I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis and the News? Okay, I don't even need the multiple choice, but it's B. I'm so excited. That is correct. Well done. Style points for singing the answer as well. Great job. The Pointer Sisters are so excited and Jesse is so scared. The episode was originally written to have Jesse hooked on speed, but when standards and practices vetoed the idea, they settled on caffeine pills instead. To get around this compromise, however, they acted the scene as if they were still talking about Jesse being tripping out on speed to get the point across. Everything will be okay. I just need one of these. Pills? You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them, Zach. I have to sing. Jesse, you can't sing tonight. Yes, I can. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. The writers didn't like the compromise, seeing how the average caffeine pill was the equivalent of a cup of coffee, so they might as well have had Jesse get addicted to Earl Grey tea or breaking into the max to snort coffee grounds. Gen X kids got the message all the same, however. We were smart enough to know that the show was talking about the dangers of harder drugs, much harder than no-dos, at least. You've tied the game, Mary Beth, but Ricky has the power. He gets to pick between these two questions. Ricky, will it be, I don't care too much for money, which is a movie question, or will it be, name that auto-tune all 90s edition head-to-head challenge? The money one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care too much for money. You're going to be happy you picked this one, I think. Long before the days of Grey's Anatomy, we all knew Patrick Dempsey not as McDreamy, but as the huge nerd Ronald Miller, who bribes his pretty and popular neighbor Cindy into pretending to date him in an attempt to boost his social standing. After his arrangement with Cindy is over, Ronald must attempt to win over the crowd on his own charms. What could possibly go wrong? One way he does this is by imitating a dance he saw on what he thought was American Bandstand, but turned out to be an African cultural show on public television. Here's your question. What was the name of the dance Ronald does that quickly takes the popular crowd by storm? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, the African anteater ritual? B, the African aardvark ritual? C, the African antelope ritual? D, the African alligator ritual? Or is it E, the ballroom dance style of the Bogo Pogo? It's the Bogo Pogo, Mr. Five. I'm going to go with A. The African anteater ritual. That is correct. Well done. We just watched it a couple of weeks ago. We literally (laughs) just watched that movie. Did you need the uh, multiple choice? No. Okay. Well, for the listener's sake, I'm glad we said it. They maybe didn't see it last week. (laughs) Here's the fun fact. In spite of Ronald's confusion about the dance, as others began to imitate him, more and more students joined in. What Cindy, then Ronald, then the rest of the school learned is that trying to fit in is the quickest way to make a fool of yourself. And that it's better to simply just be yourself. We were all friends then, remember? And now you want to end his life? Because he's talking the patty on your side of the cafeteria. Oh, man, it's stupid. I know, because that's where I wanted to be. On your side. With your crowd. But I messed up. See, I tried to buy my way in. But Kevin, he's not trying to buy anybody. He's just trying to make friends being himself. The movie makes another nod to this moral in a later scene. About an hour into the movie, we see the parking lot of the local hangout scoops. Earlier in the movie, the popular crowd was driving sportier cars, but now we see several old station wagons, just like Ronald drives. I didn't (laughs) notice that. I noticed that. Yeah. 
Did you? So, well, you have to go back and watch it again this week. Now we have to watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. I think that movie holds up. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, that means, Mary Beth, this question's for you. It's name that auto-tune, all 90s edition. For okay. this question, the judges will perform part of a popular song from the 90s, and you have to give me the artist and title of the song. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers, and they will be also using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than is necessary. Just like it sounds when real British people try to rap. Look at your makeup, look at your clothes. By the way, you've got a big nose. Still waiting for two years now for one of our two British listeners to contact the show and tell us to stop making lame British jokes. We even have a voicemail set up on our website now so they can just call us and tell us to knock it off in in their own British accent if they want. Go to the website, click the blue microphone icon and tell us what you really think. What could be easier? Looks like we'll have to continue until then. Anyways, there are a total of three songs that you'll take turns answering in the game with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. We'll give you a hint to try and help you by letting you know the year that the song was released, as well as the genre that the song belongs to, according to Wikipedia. That last bit may or may not help you, depending on who wrote the entry. Song one is a song from 1991, and Wikipedia calls this an R&B slash soul song. Here's the judge's version. Hey, y'all know what I'm saying? Then I said, all right, fellas. Well, let me see what you can do. And then the smart one named Wong, he said, yo, Mike, check this out. See if this one moves you. Doom 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 door. Doom 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 door. Da yeah, yeah, ba dum. Do door. Da o da o da. Oh. What do you got? Okay. It's Motown Philly by Boyce to Men. Let's listen to a bit and see if she's right. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Then I said, all right, fellas, well, let me see what you can do. And then a smile when they want you said, yo, Mike, check this out. That is correct. Judges, I got to hand it to you. That sounded exactly like the original version. Oh, well done. So that's two points for you, Mary Beth. Ricky, this one's for you. Song two is from 1990. It belongs to the hip hop slash rap genre. According to Wikipedia, here's the judges version. Farmers. What? Farmers. What? I'm ready. We're ready. I think I'm gonna bomb a town. Get down. Don't you never, ever, pull my lever, cause I explode. And my nine is easy to load. I gotta thank God. Cause he gave me the strength to rock. Hard. You got it? Mama said knock you out. Bye. LL Cool J. Let's listen and see if he's right. Well done, Ricky. That song always cracks me up. He talks about how God gave him the strength to like bomb a town. Like, what's up with that? I'm not I'm not the most religious man in the world, but I don't think that's how God works. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> just, just going out there on a limb. Uh, okay, so here's song number three. This is the last one in the for the question. This one goes to you, Mary Beth. You guys are perfect so far. Let's see if you can get this one. It's a song from 1993, and it is a rap hip hop song. 
The judges are telling me I need to play this first, however. The following program contains adult themes which may be unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Here's your judge's version, Maybeth. And get to macking to this bitch named Sadie. Sadie? She used to be the homeboy's lady. Oh, that bitch. 80 degrees when I tell that bitch please. Raise up off these and you tease. Cause you gets none of these. At ease, as I mob with the dog pound, feel the breeze. Biatch. You want it one it's, more time? No, I think I got it. It's Gin and Juice by Snoop Doggy Dog. Let's see if she's right. We get to Mac into this bitch named Shady. She used to be the homeboy's lady. Oh, that bitch. 80 degrees when I tell that bitch, please raise up off these NUTs, cause you get none of these at ease. As I mob with the dog pound, feel the breeze. Be I chub jet. Well done, Mary Beth. That, of course, is correct. That's two more points for you. I only like knew those songs from MTV, so they were clean. And then when I heard like that album, I was like, "Whoa, they cussed." <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg is a dirty mouth. Is that what you're trying to yeah. say? Here? Yeah, I was really shocked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were in high school, so we were all into it then. Yeah, that song that song was a little weird for me because my mom's Seda. Oh, so <laughs> you know, and I was like, no. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know you thought that. I mean, I know your mom's name, obviously. Seda? Yeah, Seda. Oh, that bitch. That bitch, yeah. <laughs> She'll tell you she's a bitch. Hey, they say bitch on Saturday Night Live way back in the 70s, so it's okay to say it on the podcast. Just saying. Yeah, it's the first time I ever heard that word was from uh, Gilda Radner on Saturday Night Live. And I promise from now on, I will do my best. Say that you do. Bitch. <laughs> Okay, so here's the last questions in the round. Ricky still has the power, but Mary Beth is up by two. Yeah, that's not fair. You're cheating somehow. You're winning, Mary Beth. But he has the power. That's not fair. Yeah, well, there's still plenty of opportunities for you to steal it. Let's see if you can. You get to pick between these two questions. Will it be, are you in jail or just visiting? Which is a games question. Or will it be cinema sound check, which is a head-to-head challenge? Let's do the sound check. For this question, I will give you the titles of tracks for a musical score of a popular movie from Generation X, and you need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. Movie scores are usually instrumentals with the obscure titles, and that should give you the hints you need to name the movie. We will go back and forth between each player who will give me a new movie title on each turn. Two points will be awarded to the player that gets it correct on their turn. And as a quick side note, the guests have once again gotten back into a streak of getting the answers to Cinema Soundcheck after the first few clues. This makes the judges quite angry because they do a lot of work to write these games, and it's only satisfying for them if they get to at least the fifth clue out of the eight written here. So this episode's difficulty level might reflect the judges wanting to be satisfied. If it's too hard for you listening, then blame our last guest. Good luck. The clues are from IMDb. They list this film as a comedy genre. It was released in 1983, and it was rated R. Song one is called Main Title slash Good Morning. Or maybe I should say it like this. Good Morning, which was a terrible impression. What movie is that from? Clue. Sorry, there's no clues in this game. Okay. What's your answer? No, that was my answer. Clue. We don't give clues on this game, Ricky. What are you talking? Oh, I'm sorry. You want the movie? Oh, gotcha. Uh, My bad. My bad. My bad. I got that one. That one's me. That is incorrect. It's okay. You're still alive, though. Because Mary Beth, you get this one. Song two is called God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. So, so far we got 
God rest ye merry gentlemen, and main title slash good morning, which was another horrible impression. The thought that I have, and I don't know if it's right or not, is trading places. Judges? That is correct. Yay! <laughs> well done. That's two points. You got it off a Christmas song and main title and yeah. good morning. Be honest. It was the impression, right? Is the rat impression I did? Yep. Right? You did it. Oh, okay. Sorry, judges. Get mad at me because I gave it away, I guess. Well done. That's very impressive. Most impressive. Thank you. Just for the rest of the people listening, we're going to go down the whole list. Song one was main title, good morning. Song two, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Song three, Jamaican bye-bye. Song four was Philly slash ploy. Song five was moving outs slash plots. Song six was wager. Song seven was your breakfast sir, slash dukes. And if you didn't get it by then, song eight was Lewis Winthorpe, the third blues and trading places with a movie. Well done. Here's a fun fact. In Trading Places, the Duke brothers used insider information from a not-yet-released USDA report that said orange crops are lowering in value and to buy frozen concentrated orange juice futures. The problem for them was that Dan Aykroyd and Murphy wrote the fake report, their characters did at least, sending them to financial ruin. The use of misappropriated government information for commodity markets trading was still not technically illegal in the 80s. And it wasn't until 2010 that a Reform Act went into effect, banning the use of these kinds of advanced reports. And they affectionately called it the Eddie Murphy rule. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. So they weren't breaking the law in the movie this whole time. I thought that they were like doing something super shady and like illegal. Turns out they're just, you know, being capitalists. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Here is the last question in the round. This one is for Mary Beth. Let's see if you can add to your lead or if Ricky can catch up with this question that's called, are you in jail or just visiting? It's a games question. The earliest version of Monopoly could be traced back to the early 1900s. It was originally developed to help educate people on the single tax theory. I can't say the inventor succeeded in her goal to impact real world economics, but she made one hell of a board game. The Parker brothers bought the patent in the 30s and made the game a household staple. It wasn't until 1991, however, when Hasbro bought Parker Brothers and opened it up to copyright for all the specialized versions that the game has been turned into today. Here's your question. How much would you have to pay someone if you land on a railroad they own and they own a total of three railroads? You have to pay more if they have more railroads in the game. If someone has three railroads and you land on B&O, rail lines or whatever it's called, how much money would you have to pay? This is multiple choice. Is it A, $50? B, $75, C, $100, or is it D, 69 69 dudes! Dollars. I think it's 75 75 is incorrect. This is a golden opportunity for you, Ricky. Get an extra point in. What's your answer? C, 100 That is correct. Well done. That's another point for you. Closing the gap. Here's the fun fact. Did you know that Monopoly played a part in helping the British resistance during World War II? British secret intelligence worked with the game manufacturer in the United Kingdom to create a special edition of the game to distribute to prisoners of war held by the Nazis. Hidden in the games were things like maps, compasses, and real money that could help the prisoners escape. Talking about, sorry, I can't judges. You make me say the corniest things. Talk about get out of jail free. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Huh? How come no one's laughing? Judges, work on your material. Okay, so that's the end of round two. 
Congratulations to you, Mary Beth. You have the most points at the end of round two. We will banish your opponent to the Phantom Zone. And you and I will take a secret trip to the prize vault where you are going to select the prize that the two of you will be playing for in the final round. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Muppet Babies will return after these messages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and subscribing for future episodes. The only way a show like this gets anywhere in the podcasting world is by positive reviews and word of mouth amongst friends. So if you're inclined, please help spread the word about the podcast and share it with that special Gen Xer in your life. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. And now back to Muppet Baby. We have the item selected. Let's bring Ricky back in from the Phantom Zone. Before we start round three, now is the last chance to solve the power struggle question and steal the power and go first in round three. Remember, you need to name what the clip is from and in the correct order. This is your last listen to the power struggle. Listen closely. And all you can say. Okay, Mary Beth, no pressure, but there's only been one contestant ever to get the power struggle correct on the show. You can swoop in, steal the power and gain immortality and get it correct on the show. What is your answer? It's hard. I think it's hard every time I listen. I know the first one is something from The Price is Right, but I can't think of the name of that game. Number two, I really don't know. So I just said Star Wars, but I know that's wrong. Three, I think it's a video game, but I'm not sure. So I said Asteroids. Four, I know for sure is When I Think of You by Janet Jackson. And then five is Pee Wee's Playhouse. Judges, did she get all five? Oh, hey, fucky, you're right. I'm sorry, Mary Beth. You did not get all five correct. That means we turn this over to the listeners to see if they can get it correct and claim that prize package. The prize package this episode includes a handsome certificate with your name on it, signifying that you are doing your part to save Generation X from fading into oblivion. Next is perhaps the best item in the prize package. You'll get this quarter's prize of a selection of some rad scratch and sniff stickers that you can feel validated through sticker form, just like we did when we were kids. And finally, we'll send you your choice of any of the cool Save Generation X t-shirt designs from our merch store. New designs just came in. Check them out if you like. To enter for a chance to claim that generous prize package, you can join our newsletter and there will be a place for you to send in your answers. Details on how to join the newsletter can be found in the show notes for this episode or by visiting our website at whowillsavegenerationx.com. Good luck. Now off to the Phantom Zone with you, Mary Beth. Round three. Round three is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think are the most popular responses from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. 
These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via our newsletter. The player who has the power gets to answer first with player two unable to hear the responses. Player two will then have to give the responses to the same five survey questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever ends up with the most points wins the game and goes on to claim their chance at the prize that Mary Beth has selected in secret. If you'd like to take part in Dysfunctional Family Feud surveys, sign up for our newsletter today. There will include a spot for you to reply to upcoming surveys and get your answers on the show. Let's play Dysfunctional Family Feud. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. If you got stuck on a deserted island with only one character from Gilligan's Island, who would you choose? The professor. What was the worst thing on the McDonald's menu when we were kids? Salad. Name a popular character in a Gen X TV show that was a robot or robot, as they used to say back then. Optimus Prime. What do you think was the most violent movie of the 80s? Die Hard. And finally, what was the best song by Whitney Houston? I Will Always Love You. Sure, I'm very flattered. What's your answer, Ricky? No, Zabe, I do love you. <laughs> oh, that's your answer. Okay. The joke never gets old for me. Okay, well done. Let's bring back in your wife, whom I think you should always love more than me, but that's fine. I'm back. Okay, Mary Beth. I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Ricky. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, you'll hear this sound and you'll have to give me another answer. It's a little bit more difficult. So we're going to give you two passes. Pro tip, make sure you use your passes. Okay. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. If you got stuck on a deserted island with only one character from Gilligan's Island, who would you choose? Professor. Try again. The skipper. What was the worst thing on the McDonald's menu when we were kids? Filet fish Name a popular character in a Gen X TV show that was a robot. Uh, the girl from Small Wonder. What's her name? Vicky. Vicky from Small Wonder. What do you think was the most violent movie of the 1980s? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. What was the best song by Whitney Houston? I want to dance with somebody. You guys having a good time so far? It's a good oh, time. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And right. fun fact, we want, um, we met Jimmy Walker last night. Last night you met Jimmy Walker? Yeah. yeah. You guys went you guys went through the drive-thru and so I'm working? Dynamite! No. Oh. We went to see Howie Mandel and he opened for him. Oh. And and we got to meet him. We didn't get to meet Howie, but we got to meet Jimmy. If you could describe meeting Jimmy Walker in one word, how would you describe that interaction? Quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like take a picture and go. <laughs> what if you had to use a word that also was a word of uh, an explosive? How would you Dynamite. use? Dynamite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was dynamite. <laughs> right, I'm sure he never gets tired of hearing that. He actually yeah, he, said it. Yeah. He oh, yeah. said it. He was selling a shirt with dynamite on it. I don't blame him. I do the same thing. Right. Let's go to the scores. Let's get a scoring update first though. Robin, where are we at? All right. Going into this functional family feud, Mary Beth has 14 points and Ricky has 11. Okay, those are going to be added to your score here with Dysfunctional Family Feud, and we'll see where you end up. Okay, so question one was, if you got stuck on a deserted island with only one character from Gilligan's Island, who would you choose? Ricky, you gave us... The Professor, which is worth 39 points. Well done. That was the number one answer, by the way. Good job, Ricky. 
Way to utilize that first position. That brings your total for the whole game up to 53. Mary Beth, you gave us... The skipper, which was worth four points. At least it made it on the board, Mary Beth. but he took my answer. You know, we get information for these surveys from our listeners via our newsletter, and we get some interesting replies from time to time. So I'd like to give some honorable mentions to some of these entertaining answers. Honorable mention goes to the one vote for Gilligan, and they voted for him because they wanted to, quote, be the smart one on the island. Yeah, that's funny. Question two was, what was the worst thing on the McDonald's menu when we were kids? Ricky, you gave us... Salad, which was worth zero points, unfortunately. Just a salad. Well, I don't think they had salads when we were kids. I don't think so either. Mary Beth, you gave us... Filet of fish, which was worth 35 points. That's right. And it was also the number one answer. Well done, Mary Beth. What's the score after two questions, Robin? Pretty close. It's 53 for Ricky, 54 Mary Beth. So just three points away, Mary Beth. Honorable mentions go to the votes for plain hamburgers, eggnog shake, quote, orange drink, and the one person who said, we were Burger King people. But the top shout out has to be the McDonald's secret menu item, quote, employee special sauce. Oh, that's gross. You don't want that when you go to McDonald's. My nephew used to work at McDonald's. He could tell you some stories. Ricky worked there too. Oh yeah, funny story. Does it involve Ricky's special sauce? No. no. Okay, good. So you, you order a McChicken and then you get home, open it, and there's no chicken. I forgot to put the McChicken <laughs> on, on the chicken, <laughs> oh, chicken no. sandwich. So you just served them the Mick? Mick salad. <laughs> Judges of that checkout, is that story believable that he worked in McDonald's? <laughs> yes, this checks out. <laughs> Question three, name a popular character from a Gen X TV show that was a robot. Ricky, you gave us... Optimus Prime, which was worth six points, bringing Ricky up to 59. Mary Beth, you gave us... Vicky from Small Wonder, which was worth 30 points. Yay. God. <laughs> And it was also the number one answer, Mary Beth. Well done. Yes, if you would have gone first so far, you would have gotten all the number one answers. I'm yeah, just saying. I... Shout out to all the different ways people tried to say Tweaky from Buck Rogers. We had Twicky, Twinky, Twiggy, and my favorite, Twixie. But honorable mention goes to Muffet from Battlestar Galactica, Conky 2000 from Pee Wee's Playhouse, and finally, Ziggy from Quantum Leap. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that one. I thought it was cute. So after three questions, score is 59 to 80. So there is a bit of a gap now for Ricky. Question four was, what do you think was the most violent movie of the 1980s? Ricky, you gave us Die Hard worth two points. Not a lot of dieharders out there responding to that one. There were much more violent movies, as we'll find out. Mary Beth, you gave us Nightmare on Elm Street, which was worth four points. Honorable mentions for this one's are... The Ear Creature from Wrath of Khan, Star Trek movie. Anything directed by Brian De Palma. Red Asphalt, the Driver's Ed Scared Straight movie, if you remember that one. And of course, what should have been the number one answer, which was Faces of Death. Oh, yeah, for sure. The number one answer was any movie with Rambo in it. The body count in the Rambo franchise is pretty astronomical. I guess that's true. I just went with the horror. And it all comes down to our final question. What was the best song by Whitney Houston? Mary Beth, you gave us... I want to dance with somebody, which is worth 30 points. And which also was another number one answer. You got four out of the five number one answers. That's going to be hard to beat for Ricky. 
Ricky, you are a modest 53 points away. But what answer did he give, Robin? Survey said. I will always love you worth 20 points. That's not enough. I'm sorry, Ricky. And that means, Mary Beth, congratulations. You're a winner. And that means you're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. Thank you. Unfortunately, Ricky, that means you've lost this episode. I'm sorry things didn't go quite your way on the show, but did you have a good time anyways? Oh, yeah. It was a great time. Great. I'm glad you had a good time. (laughs) Thanks so much for playing. I made her happy. So (laughs) Yeah, he didn't really know if he wanted to play because I always win. Right? Yeah, because of her superpower. Yeah, if you have a photographic memory, like it's hard to beat someone in trivia. (laughs) Can I rematch her? You want to rematch? You want to rematch? Well, me and you can talk later. Okay, all right. What, are you trying to cheat? (laughs) What's going on? Shout out to the people who thought Whitney Houston sang the songs Endless Love and What's Love Got to Do With It, both receiving one vote. But honorable mention goes to the one answer of the heavy metal song Ace of Spades by Motorhead. What? Uh, Maybe she did a cover. I don't know. For winning the game, I offer a chance for a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Mary Beth until I am the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at all the prizes Mary Beth had to choose from and reveal what was chosen. The items in the prize vault include this six-foot leather whip to make a perfect cosplay accessory for your Indiana Jones costume. On eBay, the related items to add to your purchase for this include a seven-piece leather wrist, ankle, and thigh cuff set and neck collar. It's like eBay's never even seen the movie. Indiana Jones doesn't use leather cuffs or neck collars. Duh. Next is a vintage 1991 Beverly Hills 90210 Kelly Taylor Barbie doll. I could not find a Barbie doll for Tori Spelling's character, Donna Martin, presumably because the plastic for her went to the real Tori Spelling. Aww. That's a plastic surgery joke, in case no one got that one. I love her. We'll have to edit that out of the podcast then. (laughs) Next, we have an Uno card game deck with a Saved by the Bell theme. The box says that there is a special new rule with this Uno game. I think it has a special card that makes a person draw four and take two caffeine pills. Next is a book titled African Goddess Initiation, Sacred Rituals for Self-Love, Prosperity, and Joy. If ever there was a book to find step-by-step instructions on the African anteater ritual, this is it. Next is a four-cup glass mug with the Thundercats logo embossed on it. Bust this out at the next party, and you'll be the envy of all your friends. Snarf, snarf. Next, we have an official Nickelodeon Double Dare Games show set of shot glasses and drink coasters. And nothing says kids game show like a set of shot glasses. And finally, we like to have at least one weird thing in the prize vault every episode, and I think this one fits the bill. It's an Indiana Jones 12-inch doll with the head replaced by a Charlie's Angels Fair Fawcett doll's head. Disrespectful to both Indy and Jill Monroe, I think, and certainly the stuff of nightmares if you take to look at it too long. Yeah. Mary Beth, why don't you tell us what item you picked and why? I went with the Thundercats glass mug because obviously we like Thundercats and Ricky's wearing a Thundercats shirt today. So thought that would be a good one. Are you a Thundercats fan or is it more Ricky? No, I liked it too. So you're not just being a nice wife and getting something for your husband? No, because I'm not that nice. (laughs) (laughs) Let's place a bid. Hey, we're the high bidder at $2.90 and $13.17 shipping. 
that is a lot to ship things. That is, yeah. I hope at that price, I at least get some bubble wrap included. If this yeah. bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I'll buy it for you and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Thundercats! Hey guys, do you have any shout outs or things you'd like to plug here on the show or anything you want to promote that our listeners might enjoy? Well, I obviously need to shout out our kids. They're Gen Z, um, <laughs> Mason and Georgia. They will listen to this episode, but the only reason <laughs> is because I will make them listen to it. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't listen to your podcast. So the one episode where we had the most dirty words in it, that's when you're going to have your kids listen to? But they're 23 and 17, so they're okay. fine. All right. They can hear that stuff. You said children. Uh, got me nervous. Well, they're yeah. children to me. <laughs> yes, they're right. old. So I'm sure they've heard worse by them. They have. Oh, believe me. And then I have friends that do a really fun nostalgia podcast called We Don't Want to Grow Up. Um, their names are Stacy and Pete. And I'm actually on one episode. So if you'd like to check that one out, it's called Senior Year. It's on the May 30th, 2022 um, date was the day it was released. Are they still churning out episodes? Yes, they're still current. Well, great. Ricky, anything you'd like to shout out or plug before we go? I just want to say I love my wife, even though she beat me. And I love my kids. <laughs> Short and sweet. I like it. Listeners, you can find all the links and details to my guests in the show notes for this episode. I have one shout out to give. I'd like to give a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporter, Darren, who recently signed up to our newest tier on Patreon called The 69 Club. The newest tier only costs $1.69 to join. We wanted to make it just 69 cents, but Patreon would not allow it. However, we have a special going on right now on our Patreon site that if anyone joins the 69 dudes tier at $1.69, they automatically get the benefits of the $6 double dare tier. This is a limited time offer and limited to only the first 69 people that sign up. And then that's it. We have upgraded all of our tiers recently. So check us out on Patreon and see what all the new offers are all about. But here on this episode, we want to celebrate Darren for joining. Here's a sound clip in your honor that we hope you especially like. Especially like. Darren, this one's for you. But face it, you're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcasting enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our show. Thank you. If you like what we're doing here and you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. At our Patreon site, you will see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show. So take advantage of those if you're interested, just like Darren did. If you like, you can head over to whowillsavegenx.com to learn all about the ways you can do your part to save Gen X from being forgotten. But if you're feeling like a slacker at the moment, you can just email me and I promise to write you back with all the details you want. You can reach me or any of the judges at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. In either case, thanks so much for listening. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to share it with that special Gen Xer in your life and subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Look at your makeup. Look at your clothes. By the way, you've got a big nose. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.